Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Annie Mack. Welcome to Series 3 of Changes. Hello everyone, so delighted to be back with a new series of changes. Never did I think when I launched this podcast at the start of 2020 that the world would go through such tumult and such chaos, Um, but it has never felt like a better time to discuss change and that is what we do on this podcast. In the past two series I've spoken to a wide range of people about the biggest changes they have navigated in their lives from childhood to adulthood and the changes they want to see moving forwards. We've heard from authors Smith, the actor Michael Sheen, artists Robin, Beth Ditto. We've also had a lottery winner, a former far-right extremist who is now helping people to leave extremism, and Paddy, who was homeless and now works for Shelter. So these are big conversations, reaching far into the breadths of our guests' lives, talking about all the different facets of change that can affect a person and the world around that person. Physical, emotional, geographical, ideological, we cover it all. Delighted to kick off this new series of changes with the Queen, that is Khalees. Khalees is best known for being a multi-platinum Grammy-nominated artist. She's a singer. She's got this incredible, gravelly, sultry voice that is inimitable. But as well as that, she has carved out an incredible alternative career as a cordon bleu chef. I'm so interested in that change she made from huge artist to chef. It's quite the left turn. I don't know of anyone else who's done that in the world of music. So she's so unique in terms of her attitude to change and her fearlessness about it. Khalees grew up in Harlem, New York, hanging out in jazz clubs with her parents. Her dad was a musician. Her mum had a catering business. She left home at 16, signed to a record label at 17. Since then, she's released six albums with tracks like Caught Out There, Trick Me, Millionaire, still being played regularly on radio stations today. She's been through a divorce with rapper Nas, had three children, and as I said, trained as a chef. Khalees had just started the 20th anniversary tour of her debut album Kaleidoscope in the UK last year when the pandemic hit, and it meant she had to return to her farm where she now lives in California with her husband, two sons, and her newborn baby girl. I caught up with her over Zoom at the farm in January. She spoke openly about the huge changes in her life, going from music icon to chef, why she did that, also about becoming a mum and how profound a change that was for her, and leaving city life in New York and LA to live on a remote farm fixing chicken coops and buying cows. Throughout it all, she has managed to stay true to herself and shares how she's done that in both her career and her personal life. She's so aspirational. I love the life that she's carved out for herself. As you would hope, we had so much fun in this chat. Delighted to say, enter the podcast, Killies. Happy New Year to start with. Yes, Happy New Year. Last time I saw you, um, yeah, it was like right before all of this madness. We neither one of us had any idea this is this was coming. I mean, so yeah, you came to England in March of 2020 to to tour. Yeah, uh, the Kaleidoscope tour. Did, how much of that tour did you manage to do? 
I want to say six, maybe. I don't even remember. It feels like another lifetime. Okay, like, it does. It, really, like, it feels like about five years ago. I'm like, I don't even know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest I've been home, though, in probably like 20 years. Like I'm. Wow. This was the first summer I've been home in. Mm. God, first of all, I was like, it is so hot here. <laughs> Everyone was like, yeah, and everyone's like, is. it's always hot here. I know. I'm like, usually it's like raining in, in Manchester, okay? Like, and that's where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> I was like, it's hot. This is awful. I hate this. Why is this like this? Everyone's like, relax yourself. It's always like this. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yes, and usually by my birthday, I'm in Spain somewhere, okay? I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. I'm like, Southern California in August, not the place to be. <laughs> wow. I mean, but when I saw you, you had just, you had lit, you were in the farm. and We, we were talking about it, and you were so excited about it. And obviously, so it's been, what, like eight months of still being on the farm? Oh, yeah. And well, here's on what's... the farm through yeah. a pandemic. I mean, crazy. Well, here's what's so funny. So I was pregnant when I saw you. I was, like, in the very beginning. So I've had a baby. Right. I had no idea. No, I'm like, I was wearing a very yeah. large shirt. Um, yeah. So... I Congratulations on your baby girl. Thank you. Yeah, she's super juicy. She's really yummy. She's a farm baby. It's so funny because my husband and I were laughing with my other two kids. By the time they were four weeks old, I was in like some random country, you know, yeah. and like with my son, we were by the time he was six weeks old, we were in Macau. And like, you know, what? this our baby, our new baby, she's yeah. like the world is the farm. She literally hasn't been nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And how has how has not traveling been by having a baby and not having to travel anywhere? That must be amazing as well. Well, yeah, it, you know what? It is, but I'm more used to the other way. So I'm finding this a little bit right. like I had to adjust my whole everything, my thinking and how mm. I just everything, you know, like it's mm. been a whole different um, experience not traveling and not having anyone really around, you know, like we... Right. wanted everyone to be safe and having a new baby we just wouldn't want to risk it so like just kind of it's just been us really you know so that's all new but again I'm grateful because we moved to the farm right before all this so like while I have lots of friends that you know we're having a hard time being in apartments and like which I get I would lose my mind we've been outside you know and like mending the chicken coop and like chasing goats and stuff so it's been it's been a blessing you picked the ideal time yeah no for sure we were growing vegetables and like mentally I think we've been able to stay really kind of sound you know so that's been really good Mm. and really helpful Mm. as someone who grew up in Harlem and lived in New York and even lived in LA for ages like how has it changed you in terms of living in a place like that so open and wide I mean I love it like all my friends tease because they're like you were built for this like I quarant everyone's like quarantine I'm like I was quarantining before it was a thing okay like like give me six feet okay like, <laughs> I'm gonna need ah. you to back up okay <laughs> so for me I'm like I love it yeah. this is great and the, the one of the things even before we like moved out here when we were talking about moving out here one of my justifications was just like being that I have been living on tour for the past two decades. It's nice to be able to come home and like check out, you know, and like right. regroup and recalibrate. I'm also very fine being by myself. So like mm. all those things factor in. So I love it. Here's the thing. I will say this. The difference between New York and L.A. is vast. The difference between L.A. and where I'm at right now, there's really not that much difference other than like 
what I see. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. LA yeah. is not like a very social city to me, whereas New York yeah. and London are. If I'm in London yeah. or if I'm in New York, I'm out all the time. Like, there's always places to go. There's always galleries and shows and yeah. bars and restaurants. There's always something to do. There's always someone to meet up with. You're always going to run into someone. LA is not like yeah. that. So me being out yeah. here doesn't feel like a huge change. I feel more of a change from New York to LA than I do from LA to here. I wanted yeah. to grow stuff. Like, that was, like, such a huge thing for me. I wanted to grow stuff. Yeah. I wanted to, like, I felt a real sense of urgency for my kids. I wanted to be able to do it while they still cared. You know, um, before my oldest got too old to like think this was an uncool, you know. Yeah. And so we yeah. got out here just in time to where like they're now in the thick of it and they love it. And I saw the change in them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think more just because you know they were city kids, and they were used to being on tour with mom. And you know, to be honest, I probably relied on the iPad more than I wanted to admit that I did, which just the nature of like mm. being on the move and having kids. It's like you just do what you got to do. You're like, please, dear God, stop yelling, right? So like you. Yeah. <laughs> You hand them yeah. the iPad. Whereas here, like if I ask either one of them right now, like, where's your iPad? They're, they don't know. They have no idea because they're outside all day, like yeah. playing and doing. They come in filthy and they're like happy. <laughs> you know, it's just that yeah. I see the change yeah. in them the most. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got a harem of animals. We do. We do. And we're ever growing. Um, we have two cows. We have sheep. We have goats. We have a bunch of chickens. Um, we have three dogs and four cats. I always say like, and a partridge in a pear tree, like we're literally mm. like, <laughs> I'm like, I've got three kids, two cows, <laughs> six sheep, four goats. Like it's literally that yeah. it's, it's a circus basically, yeah. but it's yeah. very, it's a very calm and happy, peaceful circus. I looked at your Instagram recently and saw before when in March, there was amazing videos of goats and that kind of thing. But the thing that really tickled me that I loved was your new tractor and how oh, yeah. excited you were. So happy. And there was this boomerang <laughs> of you in the tractor, like, yes. I just it's love. such an accomplishment. Well, because the thing is, I didn't think, well, here's the thing. So the real story is I didn't think that we needed any of the stuff that we needed. Right? Like the yeah. tractor, my husband yeah. kept being like, we need a tractor. We need a tractor. And I was like, do we? We don't need a tractor. Yeah. That just seems excessive. I was like, that's ridiculous. To the point where later we're like, oh my God, if we had a tractor, <laughs> it'd be so much better. Everything would be so now it's funny because like I tease my husband because he will literally go to the front gate in the tractor to pick up like the mail and the groceries. And like he's like, so why would I walk back and forth? He's like, I've got to I'm like, okay. Truth be told, he just wants to get on the tractor. Like he'll get on the tractor for anything at this point. Now I'm like, I want everything though. Now I'm like, I want all the parts. I want all the other vehicles. I want all the other tools. I yeah. want everything. Now I'm like, let's go. <laughs> it's going to be this fleet of farm vehicles. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, literally to the point where like I had a dream and I was like, it was hot pink. And I was like, can I do that? Would they do that? I'm like, how do I make this pink? I'm like, it'd be great. You've got to get yourself a pink tractor. Why not? It'd be so good. Like, who wouldn't want that? It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This podcast is about change. Like talking to you, hearing your story, even this bit of the story, you're so unafraid of it, of jumping right into it, it seems anyway. Let's talk about the first change that you think of as, as a kind of pivotal change in your life. I don't know. I think because I approach things, I don't approach them from a perspective of like, this is going to be a change. It's hard. When I was thinking about the questions, I was like, okay, well, even as a child, like what would have, what was like a pivotal change for me? 
when I thought about things that like were actual changes, it was only a few things that I could really think about that I felt like, wow, this was like from one thing to the next, this was definitely different. And for me, I would say it was culinary school, having a child and moving to the farm as far as like where my focus was. Those were like the big things that I felt like, okay, these are like definitely pivotal moments for me. Mm. Culinary school was game changing. You know, I think in the music industry, we have a tendency to sort of feel like the world revolves around us, right? Like, right. who'd have thought, you know, and the fact that it doesn't. <laughs> you know, and so I think when I went to culinary school and I realized really tangibly that there was a whole world of people that not only didn't care about what I had spent my entire adult life doing, but just that, like, yeah. it was moving and groundbreaking and that I could do something else that I loved and that would fuel me as much creatively that was, I was astounded. I was totally like mind blown that yeah. like, I was like, oh, this is, I can actually do something else. Like, mm. hmm. And then it brought me back to music in a really powerful way that I thought was surprising. You yeah. know, when I went to culinary school, I was sort of fed up with the music industry. Never music, but always. So what was the, the context? You, you, you were getting out of your deal with your I was, label, yeah, right? I was signed. Well, I had, so it was during like the whole let me see. I went in 2007 is when I started. Right. So you were, what, three albums, four albums down? Yeah. And so I had been fighting to get off of Jive. I had been put on Jive. Like, I didn't actually ever sign to Jive. So, you know, when Arista folded and L.A. Reid left, they kind of just, like, traded us all without any, like, we didn't right. have any say, you know? And so it, was, mm-hmm. it became this, like, massive, like, slave trade, essentially, is what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, we weren't able to be like, because I would have never signed a drive and drive would have never signed me. Like that became abundantly clear very early on in that right. relationship. Yeah. Um, so it was like a bad marriage, you know, it's like everyone's miserable yeah. and yet we're stuck, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I had been fighting for about four years from 2003, end of 2003 to about 2007. I had been actively trying to get off of my label. And when I finally got the call saying, hey, you've been released, I spent years trying to get off. So I had no plan for what happened once I actually got off. I was just like, right. oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Now yeah. what? I have no, like, what am I supposed to do? I've been signed my entire adult life, you know? And, like, I signed when I was 17, so now I'll be 27. And, like, right. huh, interesting. So 10 years in. What does one do? <laughs> when, yeah. like, yeah, I literally yeah. felt like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So... That was a huge change because my entire life had been music industry, music business centered, you know, that's all I knew. And when I decided to go to culinary school and it was just a whole, it was a whole new thing. It was awesome. And I think just even any, you know, learning as an adult is completely different anyway. Being in school as an adult is a totally different experience. Um, having to answer to authority and all of these things that I had not been doing for all that time. <laughs> and, and being, I presume, being in a class of other people. Yeah, no, everything. Like... And being part of a group. You know, I've been a solo artist you were in super every famous. possible way. Were you, like, were, were people aware? Well, that was the other people? thing, was that, like, yeah, no, fully. Like, Bossy had just come out. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, God. it was that. And then I was in school. I was genuinely, like, nervous. Like, oh, God. Mm. Because, you know, if, if I'm honest, like, you, you, I've been living a life where everyone placates to me, and I know that. And, of course. you know, like, everyone around me works for me. I mean, that's just the, yeah. that's what it is. You know, it's like, there's no way around that. Um, and here I was now in school, and that's a completely different thing, you know? And, like, I had a schedule that I did not make or approve. And it's like, you need to wow. be there or else you fail. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and kind of all these things. And then also really wanting to... I really wanted to be there, 
and yeah. I wanted to succeed and I wanted to be taken seriously. I felt the need to like overly compensate, I think, and I needed to work really hard because I think initially they felt like probably, you know, she's going to expect special treatment or right. is she really any good or does she deserve to be here? Um, kind of like all that stuff. And so I had to work really hard, you know, and mm. and I did and I ended up doing really well. And even at the end of it, like some of my chefs, they were like, we just wanted to, they pulled me aside and they were kind of just like, congratulations. Like we didn't, we were, we were betting against you, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Yeah. We thought we were going to have to deal with this, like, I guess, diva or whatever. I hate that term. But, like, that's sort of, like, yeah. what they were expecting. And I'm good at this, and I love it. And I do work really hard. And I think people, there's a misconception that, like, as artists, we don't work hard. And I think the yeah. good ones really do. Um, sure. And so I think there was a lot of, like, kind of stereotypes to break and to remold and model. And, mm -hmm. and then for myself, too. Like, you know, I, like I said, I hadn't been in school in years. You know, it had been a decade, right. and I hadn't had to answer to anybody. And, and what were you like in school the first time around? I was exactly as I am in everything else. I was rebellious and artistic right. and loud and opinionated. And I went to an art school so that I was allowed okay. to be that, um, sure. which I'm grateful for because I probably would not have made it anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as a teenager, I was everything that you think I would be, basically. Um, yeah. And I moved out of my house when I was like 16. So I also had a, an apartment. I was the only one with an apartment. 16 is young. It is young. I was just about to turn 17. Um, it was right before I signed. I had an apartment, which became like, you know, it's like the den of everything. Yeah. Of fun. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I was working and all that stuff. So, yeah, going to culinary school as an adult was a totally different experience. And that was a huge change. And I think it changed me. I learned so much about myself in that. What, what did you learn? I mean, God, well, I learned that. Where do I even begin? I never like chose music. I feel like music sort of chose me and it sounds like a, you know, it's like a very large statement, but I do really feel like, like my son asked me the other day, he's like, did you, do you feel like you've accomplished your dreams? Like, you know, kids ask these very deep Cute. questions yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah. Let me think about that. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, wait. I need to <laughs> honor that question of, like, with, yeah, a, with no, a truthful seriously. answer. No, like yeah, really. Yeah. And it's always like yeah. in the most like flipping, you know, you'd be like making breakfast or like, yeah, just, yeah, and yeah. they're like, with this really deep stuff and you're like I'm gonna give you a real answer so like yeah. my oldest had asked me like do you feel like you've accomplished your dreams and I was like um well <laughs> I was like you know what I said night I never set out to do what I did I think the essence in which I've done everything I can say yes but like I never set out to be a singer or an artist. I just always was. And because right. that's what I did well, those things kind of like called me. And so I just, you know, it just happened. Like I never, mm. had you asked me when I was his age, he's 11 now, if I wanted to be a famous singer, that wasn't even in my on my radar. Like I, I wouldn't, right. it w I wouldn't even have thought of that, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't so yeah. much that I didn't accomplish my dreams. I think I just, it wasn't like my plan, you know? Like, yeah. um, so yeah, I had to give him that real deep answer. Um, but I think what I learned about in school was the fact that because I didn't choose music, this was something else. And I think I learned a lot about myself that like, yeah. I do work hard. I enjoy working hard. That music is not all I am. I think also that like food makes me really emotional, which it sounds ridiculous, but as an artist, okay, let me, I'm going to backtrack. There's this show, okay? It's a okay. British show. I think it's called... 
called like the Great Pottery Throwdown or Pottery Throw something yeah. like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So my kids and I are obsessed. Like we just bought okay. pottery wheels and we've been doing pottery this whole break because we love the show. Like my kids yeah. love the show, right? So yeah. the guy on there, and it's so funny because my kids didn't get it. And I, I relate to him more than I relate to so many people that I watch on TV. Yeah, yeah. Every time he sees something beautiful, like a beautiful pottery piece, he cries, right? Right. He's like this big burly guy who cries. Yeah, I think his is name it, is Kevin. Is it Sarah? Is Sarah the host of it? The the kind of think, cheeky blonde with the fringe. Yes, 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 Sarah, yes. Yes, she's one of my best friends. Okay, yes, so it's we love one. her. We love the show. My kids oh my are God, obsessed she's with it. Be gassed. No, yeah. like we love the show. Like we literally, I'm telling you, I'm looking at a pottery wheel because, like, <laughs> in, we literally have been doing pottery this whole like break my kids had for you know the holidays. Wow. Because we love. Like, can we watch the yeah. pottery throwdown? I'm like, yes. Like we'll watch that. Right. Like we love it. But it's funny because this guy cries every time someone does this beautiful piece of pottery, yeah. right? Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that food makes, I really, it's, I, my kids are like, why is he crying? And I'm like, I get it. It's because it's beautiful and it's like moving. And like my son, I have boys, you know, and they're like, I don't know. I don't know why he's yeah. crying. And I'm like, I totally yeah. get why he's crying. Food yeah. makes me like that. Like food literally makes me weepy and nothing else does. Like I'm not like that about uh, anything. I'm not like that about music. Yeah. I'm not like that about really anything. Like, mm. It's food. And I think the thing that I learned in school was really just that there's, I don't know. I feel like there was a side of me that like I had never acknowledged or I never had the time to. And I think because like the music industry had hardened me quickly. I signed so young and like it had, you had to be, you have to have tough skin and being out there and putting yourself out there. And especially the kind of artist that I chose to be, it's really honest work and it's really personal. And so you have to be prepared for all that shitstorm yeah. that's coming, that's always that's going to come, you have to kind of like brace yourself for it. And so I think yeah. I didn't leave a lot of room for like anything really, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there just wasn't room for it. Um, for me to be successful and to be good at what I do musically, there had to be a level of like brashness and um, isolation. I think I had to be okay being alone and I had to be okay being um, tough, right? Which I think food doesn't leave Food is not like that. It's, it's the opposite, that. isn't it? It's, it's the total like, opposite of that. It's convivial. It's collective. It's it, emotional. 100%. It's, it's uh, emotional. Yeah, yeah. It's something that, like, everybody does. It also, you know, I, I, and I always say this um, because I, I wholeheartedly believe it. You know, music, much like how I came into it, music can be an assault. You know, it's like we can't right. choose what we're, like, someone can drive past you playing a song you hate, and now it's stuck in your head all day, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah we're never being force fed. You know, it's like how often are you eating yeah. something you actually do not want to eat? It's like, it's a choice. Yeah, and yeah. so there's something very yeah. like nurturing and loving and very personal and emotional about it for me. So I'm like, I always laugh at my kids cause I see them seeing this big guy cry whenever he sees these pots made. And I'm like, I literally get teary eyed to the point where like, I won't watch certain cooking shows. Like there's certain things I just, oh my and for God. a long time, yeah. you know, I get super emotional. And like, even when I, after I graduated culinary school and I went back into music, like, I would go out of my way to drive away from where my culinary school was so I didn't have to pass it because I felt a sense of, like, it sounds ridiculous, but, like, a sense of real, like, longing and, and like, la- missing of my purpose. Like, I felt like I should be doing wow. it, and I wasn't, which is odd because I was doing music. So it wasn't like I was sitting in an office all day, like, you know, yeah. not living yeah. out my my purpose, so to speak. But mm. um, I think it just, there was something about it that, like, touches me in a way that, like, nothing else does. And, yeah, it's very... Um, I learned that in school. I would not have known that had I not taken the time to realize that like something else 
moves me really deeply and that I love and you know it's just a different thing and was there a relief to that like to the idea that there's more like you know music was your job it was you know it was your livelihood but was there a relief to know that you had this huge attachment to cooking and that is another vocation that you could do oh 100 percent. I think because like I think especially at the time when I was like I I hate the music business and I don't know if I can do this yeah yeah the way that I love music and the way that I the, like I said the artist that I've chosen to be I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this because, like, I hate this. I hate these people. I hate this freaking hypocrisy. I hate the bureaucracy and all of it. I hate all of it. To be able to, like, walk away and thinking that I was walking away in my mind, I was like, I'm done. To be able to go into food and know that, like, I can do music as a choice now, not because I have to. Because I also come from a family of, like, traditionally educated people. So, like, all my sisters and my family, my stepdad, like, everyone had college degrees and doctorates and masters. And I'm the one who didn't, you know, so like Hmm. there was a moment in my life when I felt like I have to make this work because all my other family members are successful and doing stuff. And like, I can't be the loser, (laughs) like just made nothing of myself. Like they're like, oh, you're dropping out of school. Great. To be a singer. Yeah. Yeah, We've seen that work. You know, you're like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know, so, yeah, it was definitely very like there was a sense of relief that like I could do music because I loved it again. Um, not because I had to, because there was something else that I could do that I felt as much, if not more, tenderness towards and excitement about. You talk about the idea of the personality you chose, you know, no, it was you, it was always you, but the pop star you decided to be, like the very honest, non-compromising person. How was the change going from being a 16-year-old who left school, having their own place, making this album, Kaleidoscope coming out, to then being someone who was in the public eye and being someone who people felt like they owned within the industry and could put in places or not put in places? I mean, I always tell, people always ask, like, what advice would you give to so-and-so who wants to be an artist? And usually my answer is, don't. (laughs) Like, if you have to ask, it means it's not for you, first of all. Right. Secondly, I think for me, I learned really early on in the business Number one, what kind of artist I wanted to be. I realized there was a choice to be made, um, which I don't think anyone really talks about. Like, there's a choice to be made. It's like, just because you are you have a gift of music doesn't make you an artist. It doesn't make you a performer. It doesn't make yeah. you viable in any of these other, like, it, it at all. You know, it's like, it's a choice. Are you a performer first? Are you a singer first? Are you a writer first? Are you an artist first? Like, what is it? What's your platform, right? Like, where do you, how are you coming into this? And... Often, you know, especially as a female, I think we're, people find it easier to dictate to us what it is that we're going to be. They're like, oh, she can Mm -hmm. sing and she's pretty. She's going to be this. And if you don't put your foot down and say, I've actually already thought about this. No, thanks. You'll end up 10 years later. Like, what the hell? Like, how is this my life? Right? So I think for me early on, um, I, I learned that I much rather be clever, I guess. And I much rather be an artist rather than a performer. And I much rather be an artist rather than pretty or a singer yeah. or popular, you know? Um, but it's a choice because there are many other paths that were offered that I could have taken one opposite step than the step I took. And we would be having a very different conversation, but I think it's because I was aware of it really early. And I don't really know why I think maybe because my dad was a musician, my parents were artists. So I think I always saw what I, what I emulated, like, because I didn't come into this with fame on my mind um 
I watched some of the most talented people to date that I've ever seen, like not make a penny. Do you know what I mean? Like I was always in some smoky club where my dad was playing and watched these incredible jazz musicians who no one would ever know today and still like they changed my life. You know what I mean? So like I yeah. think watching that early, I was like, oh, that's dope. Like I, I like that. And it yeah. may not be the person who everyone's screaming for, but I'm like, that guy's dope. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Like he's game changing. Like for me, mm. that was always my entry into all of this was always kind of watching real artists do real stuff. It was in New York in the 90s, just seeing all the creativity that was just flowing all around me. So I think early, even as a teenager, I was able to say, I'm not going to do that because that doesn't seem like who I really am. And I'm okay that you don't like my answer. And I'm okay that I don't always look pretty. And I'm okay that, you know, you might disagree or that I've ruffled your feathers. Like, I think I became okay with all that really early. So yeah. being in the public eye, all that I had to learn early how to adjust. And then also you learn yourself quickly in this. I always say this, like when done properly, I feel like if you are honest with yourself out the gate, mm. you learn a lot about yourself constantly. Mm. We're always writing for ourselves. We're always presenting ourselves the way we want to be viewed. Like all this stuff is about my perception of me and what I choose to give, right? So what I understood early was just that, like, how do I function best? I know that, like, I have my own issues and my own things that make me insecure or feel vulnerable or uncomfortable. How do I operate doing what I know I have to? How do I get on stage in front of 20,000 people and I'm okay and I'm not freaking crazy and snorting stuff in the back because I can't contain all the, like, how do I, how do I maintain? Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a comfortable saying, okay, this might make me crazy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how do I not be crazy? <laughs> like, yeah. What do I do? What do I need? Yeah, early. Because I was like, this could go crazy. This could go all wrong. Yeah. When you start to look at That's incredibly mature for someone of that age. Well, I think, again, I moved out early. I was working early. I I had my first job when I was 12. I worked full on. That's why I was able to get my own apartment at 16. Because I had, my mom was like, you don't like these rules. I was like, I don't actually. (laughs) Like, (laughs) peace. (laughs) You know, but I could because I've been working. I had had, I was mature beyond my teen years when I was, you know, when that was all happening. And again, the time that I came up, New York, it was kind of a musical explosion at that time. When you think about, you know, we talked about this before, the music that we love, it was all happening in a very concentrated area all at one time. It was racial awareness, female awareness, like Mm. music, everything was, it was all happening. It was like this like pressure cooker Mm. of stuff that was all happening in the 90s in New York, in this small Mm. little area. And I was in the Mm. middle of it just so happened to be what was happening. So you learn, you either sink or swim. It's literally like either you're going to do this and you're going to make it work for you. And then I realized too that no one can do it for me. That was the other thing that like, no one's going to, no one can make me feel okay. No one can make me feel safe. No one can make me feel okay on stage presenting this music. I need to be able to back this music up. They're going to criticize me no matter what I do. I'm going to have to make it so that I feel good about it. You know, like they're going to write about me how do I manage all this? Like no one can manage this for me. No one can make me feel less insecure or more confident or it can't make me feel anything. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I'm in control of this whole thing. And at a young age, I think you get thrown out there early. I always say like, we live a lot of life quickly into very compact periods of time. Like I was like, you know, I'm 41 right now, but I always Mm -hmm. joke with my friends. I'm like, I'm really like a 70 year old woman. Like I've literally been been there and back. We've made more money, lost more money, met more people, been more places, done more stuff in a year than people will do in a lifetime when you really think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you go on tour. I mean, I'm like, 
I'll call my friends, like, what are you doing? Like, oh, you know, such and such. I'm like, okay, well, I've been in seven countries. I've been, you know, like, I've done- I've paid like, to 70,000 people. No, literally. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, you, it, yeah. either you, you know, you have to figure out how to process that. And I think everyone does that differently. Yeah. But for me, I realized that, like, what I had to do in order to maintain my cool and my sanity. And one of the things that I realized early was that, like, I needed the retreat. I needed to recoil. I needed to separate- my work from my life. And so I've always been the kind of person, you know, that I am very comfortable saying, no, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. not for me or not today yeah. or I'll pass. Like, I have, I have no guilt about it. Um, yeah. I don't read any articles. I never have, yeah. whether they're good or bad. You know, good reviews, yeah. bad reviews, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. I had, I had that's to, it's self-preservation. You have strong. to figure out, but you have to yeah. figure it out. And it's only, it's, I don't know if it's strong. It's a survival tactic. It's like yeah, when yeah. I read, you know, in the very beginning when I'm like, that's what, that's what they got from what I said. Ooh, that yeah, is stressful. Yeah. Then you want to mend yeah. everything and fix everything. Then you want to adjust how you speak the next time. I can't do all that. Yeah. I yeah. can't do all that. So I was like, how do I do this? Okay. I have to make music that I love. I have to do things that I feel strongly about. I don't play my music for anyone until I'm absolutely positive that I love it. Then whatever, let that. the chips fall where they yeah. may. I don't yeah. ask people's opinion. Um, yeah. I can't. I just know that, that for me, that's how I can operate. I can't take opinions mm. because it will adjust how I think. Mm. I don't listen to a lot of music when I'm working. There'll be years, like a whole year will go by. If I'm recording, people are like, what are you listening to? Nothing. Yeah. They're like, that's yeah. weird. I'm like, well, I can't. Like, that's just, yeah. I can't. It, it, it yeah. like affects how I process and how I think. And yeah, I want, it, I want this to be pure and honest and like, you know, whatever. So I, I had to figure out quickly how yeah. to maintain my cool, my comfort level in the midst of all this. And then doing it unapologetically. Doing it, and I think as women, we often, like you get branded as a bitch or difficult or I had to be okay. I'm like, okay, they're calling me a bitch. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But it is what it is. (laughs) I know what I said. I know what I did. I don't think that I was unfair. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I have to be okay Mm. with how they receive it, Mm. but I know that I'm protecting Mm. myself because no one else is going to protect me. Who else is going to protect me? And I learned the hard way throughout a lot of this. You know, I wasn't protected. Like, they can say whatever they want to say. To this day, I'm like, people say all kinds of stuff about me. I'm like, yeah. maybe. I'm like, yeah. don't care. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, I go to sleep without any kind of like, my conscience is completely clear. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. How did becoming a mother change you at the time? Because you were in the middle of all this then, I presume. Yeah, so I had my oldest in 2009. I mean, it's game changing. Game changing, right? Like, I have friends who were always broody. You know, like, they always wanted babies. And, like, I wasn't wasn't her. Like, I just was not that person. My life was... Everything I wanted it to be. I was traveling. I was single. I was like, this is great. Everything's fantastic. So for me, I didn't have that moment where I was like, I need to have a child. Like, it just, yeah. you know, that, that didn't happen. So when I had him, I was always very clear about the kind of parent that I didn't want to be. Now, not that I had any clue about the kind of parent that I wanted to be or that I would end up being, but that, like, I knew what I didn't want to be. And so... And what was that? I didn't want... Because I loved my life so much, and I feel like all the chicks who had kids changed so much that they there was like always some sort of resentment or some sort of like yeah coulda shoulda woulda kind of yeah yeah. like Mm. I didn't want that Mm. so I packed that little sucker up and he's been on tour with me ever since you know like I I didn't stop literally nothing stopped I shot a video three months after he was born um we shot acapella I went on tour I toured all over the world with him in tow and I didn't stop I literally didn't stop it made me so proud and so grateful. It made me realize what, what strength we have as women, um, mm. how it's such a farce that we've been taught anything else. As much as I've always been outspoken, I didn't realize how strong I was until I had him. I didn't realize how truly, genuinely powerful I was um, and how monumental we are as women in general. We model and build the world. And somehow we've allowed people to tell us that that's not the case, which is outrageous. Yeah. And I think, yeah, all of these things, I had a moment, you know, I was going through a divorce and I had a moment where I was pregnant and I remember just thinking to myself, huh, the world has to be as it is. The world has to be male dominated because if we completely dominated everything, there would be zero balance. There'd be no chance for balance. We create life. When you hold life in your body, you have to let them think that they're in charge. It's like, knock yourself out. I make people. So like, <laughs> like... I'm like, you could literally get a Nobel Peace Prize. You could solve world hunger and still you will not hold life in your actual being. That's gay. I was like, oh, mic drop. I was like, oh, I'm good. I was like, okay. I make people. I was like, I multiply. I just multiplied. Like, you see, I'm here and now there's more of me. There's more of me right there. That's how I felt. I literally was like, oh, I do this. Okay. I felt like a beast. I was like, yo, I was unstoppable. I felt unstoppable. I felt sexier, smarter, stronger, braver than I could have ever felt. And I think that, like, for me, was so, I came from a really bad marriage. And then the fact that I was now a single mom, whereas people were like, oh, my God, it's got to be so crazy. And I was like, I actually prefer this. This is awesome. I was like, this is great. Like, I really felt like I am a woman, hear me roar, in every possible way, in the best possible way. I really felt empowered and um, I felt a real sense of, like, duty and responsibility. Like, I'm like, oh, you're going to be a man. Okay, well, let's start. We're going to learn. We're going to learn this. Let's talk about this. And so I deal with my kids very much that way. I'm like, I genuinely believe that like we are to raise people we want to hang out with. I feel like if we think more like that, we would parent different. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to like you just because your mind doesn't mean that it just automatically means I like you. I want you to have values and thoughts and to be able to express yourself creatively and and 
mentally and articulate things so we can have a real conversation. My goal is not to like, you know, create robots and for, like, I want to like you. I want to like you. I want to hang out with you. You're my people. Right. So like that was changing for me because I, I look, I didn't have a lot of great, my mom is a great example, but other okay. than my mom, I don't feel like I had a bunch of great examples of women who were, who were outwardly talking about doing it. Not that they weren't doing it, but just that they yeah. weren't sharing it with me. You know, like you can do this and you don't lose yourself in it and it should enhance you as opposed to diminish you. You know? And I think that like, because yeah. as women, we inherently sacrifice more than men do as far as our families go. I think if you look at it from a strength perspective, be, I sacrifice because I can, not because mm-hmm. someone expects me to. I think mm-hmm. it changes and skews how we raise our kids and how we look at motherhood. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. I now have three kids and I love being a mom so much because it makes me so much more poignant about the kind of artist that I am and the right. kind of person that I am. Like, I want them to see mom works hard. Mom loves what she does. It's not always easy, but you know, I hustle and I grind and I love it and I'm good at it. And like, I want them to see that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want them to find women like that. Like, that's ideally like what I want for my kids. And so it's fun. Like parenting is fun when you think of it from that perspective. You know, it's like, I'm not trying to beat stuff into you. I want you to make decisions. I want you Mm -hmm. to think. I want you to be critical thinkers. I want you to love life because I love my life, you know, like I, I genuinely am like a very content person. And so yeah. like motherhood for me, I had no idea though. Had you asked me the year before, I'd have been like, eh, yeah, I guess, you know, it's okay. I have some kids. I had no idea what would come. I had no idea that it would make me better, that it would make me a better artist, that it would make me more yeah. mindful human. Empathy is not something that I like, I had to learn empathy. I learned empathy through motherhood, honestly. Right. Every asshole has a mom, right? Like, that's what it kind of made me think about. Like, you meet guys sometimes, you're like, ugh, yeah. he has a mom. Yeah. Someone loves him and puts energy into him and sacrifice for him. And so it makes you just a little bit like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I totally, totally get it. I have you know what I mean? Like, it's totally, yeah. Completely, it's... <laughs> completely with you. How old are your kids? They're seven and my youngest turned four today. So seven and Aww. four. Four yeah. is like my but favorite. I, I, I love oh, that age. Oh, four. They're like so delicious, right? It. Oh, no, it's, I totally emotional. get it. They're the sweetest. Four is so big. It's it is. Change. No, it's a huge jump. I totally agree. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah, they become their, they, like, I feel like they really come into their own at four. It's like they are able to express themselves and yeah. communicate. And then you see they're funny and like all the stuff. They they have intention at four. Yeah. It's not just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like they have yeah. full intention it's just, it's, I love it. You put a video on your Instagram. Um, I think it was the first thing you put on after your daughter was born. You were talking and you were still so like drugged up on new baby love. Like it was <laughs> like you, 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 I could see love hearts in your eyes. You were so giddy with it. And I recognized that so well from that feeling after you have a baby, you're in this bubble of absolute bliss and it made me want to go and have a fucking baby again. I was like, <laughs> I said it, I said it to my friend. I was like, look at her. Look how that's, that's so what funny. happens. And also because you had a girl and I was like, I always wanted I know. to know what it's like to have a girl. I'm like, God. And it's like, you know, what's so funny. It's so different. And I didn't, and obviously she's only four months. So I've, there's so, there's so much yeah. still to, you know, figure out. Yeah. But like, there is something different about having a girl. And I'm, I'm a full throttle boy mom. Like I, yeah. I, you know, I have all sisters. So when we first had, when I first had my son, I was just like, huh, okay, what do we do here? Like, this is a whole different yeah. thing. And I had to kind of, like, make myself aware of, like, what to do with boys. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's funny how like just your brain, I don't know if it's like what society has told you you should feel or if it's just because it is different, but there's definitely like, I feel like we already have this relationship. You know what I mean? Like we already have this like tenderness with each other that I feel like is different than my boys. Like my boys, yeah. you know, you assume they're okay and you want them to be strong and like, you know, and yeah. I think with a girl, you know that her strength is going to come from somewhere else and not that it's mm. any less or to be compared, but that it's a different strength. It's interesting. It's just different. It's like, mm. oh, okay. And it could all be in my head, obviously, because she's four months. But, and it hit me one day because I really hate being pregnant. I just want to put that out there. I adore being a right. mother. I hate pregnancy more than I absolutely hate, quite frankly, anything else on earth. Like, I hate okay. it. Um, I hate it. <laughs> like, it's awful. I wish more women would say, like, it's awful. Like, just tell the truth. Yeah. So with my boys, I look at them and I'm like, you'll never, you'll never get this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like well, even with the two of them being pregnant with my, with my daughter, you know, they're all like, oh, mama, look at mama. Yeah. And they're like, they, they're, they're kids. Mm. They're like, they think everything's yeah. hilarious. They're like, mama, you're enormous. They're like, look yeah, at mama's yeah, yeah. belly. Like all these things that they say that yeah. you look at them and you're like, you'll never <laughs> actually have to deal with this. Like ever. Yeah. There's just, there's a yeah. disconnect. Like there's just yeah. a, like, yeah. they'll never have to deal with this. And there's something different about knowing that your daughter, that all of these mm. things that you can tell her and share and like mm. a balance that you have to find with her because of the kind of woman that you are so that you want to share right. with her and like, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty awesome. What do you think then about looking ahead? What change would you like to make in your head, like moving forwards in the future? I'm one of those people, though, like I always like I tease the kids. I'm like, you know, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Right. Like I think right. I would like to think that I live my life more mindfully. And so I feel like every day I do genuinely take the time in my mornings to be better. Right. And to like readjust better today um i'm super hypersensitive i think probably because i am a mom and i feel a great sense of responsibility um to take responsibility for my actions and so i feel like as far as like change i think on a daily basis i am wanting to release more from the things that like bind us here the things that hold us back the things that we care about whether it's material things or what we think we should be doing. Like I said, I, you know, I'm 41. And like, I had a moment the other day when I was just like, how the hell did that happen? Like mm. I'm 41. That's insane. I feel like I was just the youngest person in the room. And then like, you know, the, again, the things that society tell us as a woman, we're supposed to be like at this age. Right. And like what we're supposed mm. to feel like and what we're supposed to look like. And like, mm -hmm. you know, my mom being from a different era, she loves talking about what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. And like, <laughs> Apparently, I am always inappropriate. Okay. Um, but, like, you know, she comes from that era of, like, you don't wear white past Labor Day. And, like, you're, at a certain age, your hair should be a certain length. And, like, you know, older women shouldn't have long hair. And all these rules and things that, like, she feels, like, are important. And, like, me wanting to not have those things be part of my process. And, like, mm -hmm. I adore her for all of them because she is the best chick I know. But, like, it's not who I am and I don't want those things to hinder my process and my growth. I want to be grateful daily. I want to be mindful mm. daily. I want to be, I want to be continually okay with taking my time for prayer and meditation. And 
I'm one of those people and I do those things. Like I genuinely like, I feel like I would not, I know why I am where I am. I know exactly how I'm able to survive in, in any of this. And like my piece is not for sale. But, but because it is one of those things, it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to be on Instagram and like, right. and especially being the kind of person that I am, knowing that all these things are what they are and that they exist this way for this purpose, still being sucked in and trapped by these things that like don't really mean anything and don't matter. And so I'm constantly, I check myself daily. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put my phone down. Yeah. I don't even know where my phone is. Half the time I can't even find it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I will get on Instagram and I'm like, okay, I'm going to post this. I'm going to do this. This is why I'm doing it. And then- Leave it, you know, and I'm very that yeah. person because I because I want to be in control. I want to be able to like, mm. I don't like the fact that there's so many things that govern us. So yeah. I don't know that it's changed because it is something that I'm very like cognizant of in my everyday life. But I feel like it's something that I have to be like, I have to remind myself, like, I like to take time in the morning to pray. I like mm. to take time in the morning where I'm not looking at emails, where I'm not answering kids, where I'm not placating to anyone, where I'm literally just like, okay, let me, mm. let me think about what I did yesterday, first yeah. of all. Where were the failures? Was I as efficient as I wanted to be? Was I kind? Was I thoughtful? Was I lazy? Was I whatever it is that I'm dealing with? And just being able to continually do that because I can genuinely say that like when I look in the mirror, for the most part, I'm usually pretty content with everything, even when it's a disaster. I'm like, yep, that's what we are today. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that. You know, like, yeah, that's yeah. what we're doing. You know, and whether it's like wanting to lose the baby weight or whatever it is that I'm dealing with, I'm always like, I'm aware of these issues. I'm like, this is what I'm, this is what I want. This is where I'm at. I'm coming to terms with it. I know when I'm coming to terms with something, you know, I'm very, like I said, I'm hypersensitive to like who I am. I think it's a privilege that I have as an artist. We're able to be that way. Um, We have time to be that way because everything's about me. Right. So like, it's all, I think it's also, it's also reaching the age of 40, isn't it? And like being more and more more comfortable in your own skin and knowing what you need to be happy and what you don't need. And what you tolerate. Right. And like, Mm. you know, stuff that I could accept at 35, I have zero patience for right now. And I don't even, I feel no sense of, I'm like, I literally do not have time for that. Like not important, not doing it. Everything from friends to like. Mm. well obviously now we're in quarantine but like you know I had to think about it I was like do I care that like I don't want to go out don't really care that's a big one that's a big one (laughs) right like you feel like oh my god I'm getting old I don't really want to go anywhere I'm like my whole life has been out okay I'm like I don't just go out I fly to freaking Russia okay like you know what I mean like this is not like just about a club night like if I'm going out I'm going all the way out okay but like I've done I've like I've been everywhere where else am I gonna go I'm like unless I'm like working right now I'm like eh I'm all right. I'll yeah. do like, everyone's like, what are you doing for New Year's? Pottery. We did pottery for New Year's. Okay. I had a full pottery, pottery line. throwdown. Yeah. Full, <laughs> full on. Okay. Like full throttle pottery. I was making salt dishes, like <laughs> sauce dippers. I was like, this is the oh, best New Year's ever. Like so fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I am fine with that. I'm like, this is what it is. Yeah. And I thought, and you know, and as I was telling my husband the other day, I'm like, I really... I am like, I was like, I'm going through this, like, okay, yeah, I'm 41. I'm going to be 42 this year. Like I, I know what that means. I know what it looks like. I think going through a pandemic and all this, all these changes, like all these things that are happening, you know, having the certain kinds of conversations I've had to have with my sons, you know, and like, how do you Mm. express to them what's happening in the world? And it's hard, you know, how do you decide what information is too much? How do you prepare them so that it's just enough? Like all these Mm. things, whether it's racial or political or Mm. there's so Mm. much, you know, and like just wanting to be 
wanting to be right and not being right for the sake, but being right. And I mean, I think righteous is probably not the right, but like wanting to do things the right way for the right yeah. reasons at all times, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. being able yeah. to like self-regulate. I think that's a huge thing um, yeah. that society wise I, I have, I struggle with. I'm like, how is no one self-regulating? I'm like, hello, like yeah. Yeah. reel yeah. yourself in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like mm. that's a huge thing for me, wanting to self-regulate and self like, I'm like, okay, let me reflect. Like, is this right? Am I being right? Am I being selfish? Yeah. Is this the right thing yeah. to do? Just because you feel yeah. something doesn't make it right. I think it's a huge mm. issue with, you know, this generation is we mm. feel it. It's right. No, that is ridiculous. Okay. I'm like, a lot of our feelings yeah. are jacked up and yeah. wrong and don't make any freaking sense. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, who cares if you feel it to like, grow up being grown. I think that's really what it is. I'm, I'm grown and I'm very comfortable being grown. I'm like, just cause I feel it doesn't make it right. Like, when the hell was that the barometer for freaking, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, because I feel it. What the hell? Everyone's talking about my truth. I hate that statement, my truth. That's another whack way of saying, like, not actual, like, I'm not basing this in reality for what the hell is affecting other people. Do you know what I mean? Like, that drives me insane. I'm like, my truth. No, there's one truth. There's actual facts. Like, this is what's actually happening. Okay? And then there's, like, how you feel about what's happening. Two different things doesn't mean it's the truth. You know, like that makes me nuts. I'm like, we yeah. live in a whole society where everyone's like, this is my truth. This is my truth. I don't give a damn about your truth. Yeah. What's actually happening? How are you affecting people around you? That is what matters. You are How right you feel to be about it is irrelevant. Off, you are right to be staying off social media, please. <laughs> no, because... like, <laughs> I do. I like, I literally, I post what I need to post and then yeah. I'm like, okay. And yeah. I'm very cognizant about like, who I follow and like what I, because yeah. I don't want all, like, I, I feel like it's such a, you get berated oh, with all this stuff. It's such and a you bad find yourself, vibe machine. No, it is. It really Ooh. is. And then, you know, you look at like, you know, and all these things that we know are happening to our children and like teenagers and like the level of depression and self-image mm. and like, mm. I can't, I just can't. Yeah. I'm like, it's too much to manage. So it's just like, stay away. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, just stay yeah. away. <laughs> it's just, it's dangerous. It's very sensible. <laughs> I, I need to I need to try and do that more. It's it's the same struggle that I have. Is always just like oh, put it in a drawer. But then it's like well, I because feel, we know I feel it's my wrong. addiction. I feel it. I can right. Like, no, you do. Terrifying. You do. No, it, it is. It totally is. Right. Like it's so crazy. I feel like I'm very again because and it might be because I'm inherently like I like control. Like I like yeah, knowing that like I can control this feeling. I can make this the way, you know, like this is my surrounding. I control it. I don't like the fact that this little box can take you out of your safe zone. Yeah. Right. Like you go through all this effort to make your home the way you want it, to raise your kids the way you want to, to have a job that you, you know, have integrity and all these things. And then you get on the freaking phone and all of a sudden all of that effort goes out the window. Yeah. 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 I'm like, okay, that can't be right. This, uh -uh. I don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you realize that you're then dealing with people that are governed by it. Right. So it's like dictating how they're responding to you. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. I'm like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) like, (laughs) it's not good. It's no good. And we know it's no good. And the people Mm -hmm. who create it know it's no good. And yet Mm -hmm. we're all stuck on it. I just want more pictures of you and tractors. Okay. (laughs) More tractors. We want biscuit the dog. We want the goat. Oh yeah. (laughs) All of that. So funny. We've got some more cows coming. Being present. We all talk about it, right? Being present. Like, well, here's the fun. Okay, so here's the funny thing. So mm. we have made it so that our entire property is, we have internet, but it's all hardwired. Wow. I don't have any Wi-Fi on, right? Wow. So like if you're not plugged in, mm. which makes people who come and visit me, it makes them very upset with me. But 
I don't really care. The point is, I'm like, if I need an internet, I could turn it on. It's off because it's unnecessary. So like, if you don't plug it in, you will not get any service here. Like we're literally wow. that, we're in the middle of nowhere. You get zero yeah. phone service. You will get no calls, no emails, yeah. no nothing. And being okay with saying, I missed that text. Like I am fine with saying that. Like I yeah. missed that email. If I'm not, but I if had I didn't a nice plug dinner in, with my family. So it was Well, fine. yeah, I actually yeah. know, I know who my kids are. I know yeah. what they're doing. Mm. I actually did pottery with, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm yeah. spending time actually doing stuff. I'm like, I fixed the chicken coop the other day. Mm. I feel a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> it was a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> I don't mm. need to be on my phone all damn day. I don't need to know what everybody else is doing. Mm. I can like you and not know what you did for lunch. I don't need to know what you did every damn second of your day. I'm like, I still like her just as much. And I have no idea what she's doing right now. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, so people are like, you didn't post it. I'm like, well, I was doing it, so I forgot. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Khalees, thank you so much. Thank you. It's always so good to talk to you and always so good to see you. What a woman. So thankful to Khalees for her time. So many inspirational pieces of wisdom to take from that chat. As I said, she's so aspirational. I like her absolute unwavering commitment to authenticity, just being herself and and fighting the fight to do that. If it means putting your phone in a drawer, if it means uh, having to move to the middle of nowhere where the nearest shop is half an hour away, it's just kind of holding on to your idea of who you are and and living your truth. Not speaking it, living it. Got to be careful about that. Can you imagine Khalees watching the Great Pottery Throwdown as well? Obsessed. And also would love to have some sort of pot that Khalees has made. She should put that on her bounty and full website. Uh, The website, by the way, is a lovely place to go. She's got loads of random kind of secondhand clothes and jewellery and like vintage bits that she's picked up all over the world. And also loads of amazing food and herbs and oils from her farm. Khalees has new music coming out later this year, which I'm really excited to hear. And you can hear her on a, on a disclosure track called Watch Your Step, which is all over the radio at the moment. So she's still very much in the public consciousness when it comes to being a, you know, a successful musician. Um, she's just doing it all. What a woman. Okay, let me know your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you thought of Khalees, what you thought of the conversation. Tell your friends and family to subscribe for the new season. We've got so many brilliant conversations in store for you. And please do rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to share the podcast with more people. I will be back next Monday. My guest will be Bez from the Happy Mondays, a man who has gone through huge changes in terms of his lifestyle and what he's doing now. You'll be surprised. If you can't wait until then, of course, go back and listen to the two other series of changes. This episode was produced by Louise Mason through Rethink Audio. See you next time. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.